Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live? We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're doing live. We're doing live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're doing live. We're doing live. We're doing live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Dvorak. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live. Doing the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. Here we are, Rob, in uh, another new media show for July 13th, 2022. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great to be here, Todd. It's great to be back with the show again. It's always exciting to have uh, New Media Wednesday um, where we can talk about some of the hot issues in the podcasting space. And there certainly are a few to talk about today. Just a few. But before we get going, I want to share our boost. We've had some boosts. We've had some Satoshi sent to the show. Yeah. And, well, I, and some clips shared on Twitter, too. Yeah. And I have I yeah. have been slacking in talking about these. So if you've sent us boost in the past, we're doing a catch up. Uh, yeah. A catch up of boost to the show and for those of you that don't know what a boost is a boost is a podcast 2.0 feature on podcast 2.0 apps that support sending us what they call boost and for those of you watching the live stream you can see a app called heliopad and it's uh it monitors the boosts that come into the show and i'm running a Essentially, my own node. I guess that's, I don't know. Again, I'm running a lightning node. So uh, all this comes directly to my account. And I think it accounts for about six bucks, Rob. So don't get too excited here. Ooh, I was getting excited there for a second. Yeah. So <laughs> we had 150 sats from James Cridlin. He says, thanks for the vacation wishes. We had yeah. 50 sats from a new video Oh, about the new video look for a new media show from uh, Basaya Podcast. I love the new media show podcast. Rob and Todd give so much help for permission. They appreciate it. It's great to have something like this to listen to and learn from. Thank you for putting this together. We got another 50 sats. It says, uh, oh, it's the same, basically same notes. We got two, 100 total sats from them. Then we got uh, 222 sats two weeks ago from like him. He says, Todd, Rob, you have your ducks in a row. I'm adding another duck sending 222 Satoshis. I earned 400 sats just listening to episode 500. So you can earn Satoshis by listening as well on the, yeah. I'm going to, I'll remember here in a second. It starts with an F. Uh, Is it fountain? Fountain. You can listen on fountain. We got another 150 sats uh, from James two weeks ago. Great to hear the two Dans. We've got uh, 2,112 sats from Dave Jones. Here's a boost to show how non-interactive RSS is. Spotify can go pound sand. That was the message. And then 5,000 sats three weeks ago from Adam Curry. He says, boosting for gremlins. And another 2,212. 2,222 sats from Adam Curry again on 15 April. This is going back. We solved transcripts. I use them to search in shows when I can, can't remember where something was said. And then we got 5,000 sats from Drev Scott back in April. Transcripts, I have a condition called delayed audio processing. There are many times I need the transcripts to help me process what I'm hearing. They're very helpful. 
Always watch TV with captions and add chapter images to transcripts and my brain is fully engaged in the podcast. Now, this is a big one. We got 50,000 sats from Dreb. He says, throwing some sats your way. This again was 14 April. And then uh, we got 500 sats. No comment from, don't know who it was. And 333 sats from Sir Spencer. So that catches us up on Boost. And That's awesome. Yeah, so I apologize. I have been negligent in my duties, but I've been having a little trouble with some stuff, and I finally got things kind of squared away, and I transferred about 90,000 boosts that we had been boosted to us earlier uh, into my my uh, device, into my wallet. So, uh, and you know, all of you are wondering, what, what in the carnation... And I'm saying carnation instead of another word. What in the carnation are you guys talking about? Go subscribe. If you are a podcaster, now we don't want you to leave this show. Right. (laughs) But if you are a podcaster and you care about the open RSS podcasting space, you need to go listen to the podcasting 2.0 board meetings once a week with Adam Curry and Dave Jones. Now, here's the skinny. Uh, I have not been boosting that show, but I've been been listening. And I need to boost myself. I need to send some money over there to them. Uh, but they, they've been talking about a whole, whole bunch of complicated issues. And I got to make sure we're still on YouTube. A whole bunch of complicated issues that, yeah, we may not be up on, on YouTube. So some, oh, yeah, looks like we are. Something happened there. So anyway, um, it's a little, it'll give you a little bit of a headache at times. But one of the things they were talking about, and um, I know the guys listen, some of the guys listen to the show, is that they have, on the value for value model. If you are a podcast app, now how this works is when someone sends us money, there is a little bit of transaction fees go along and some of the, because of the way this is set up, some 1% goes back to podcast Mm 2.0. And again, don't ask me to explain all this. You guys will have to figure that out by listening to Dave and Adam, but the apps are trying to figure out how they are going to get their value for value as well. Because you think about what is Mar- uh, Marco or, you know, and all those folks, you know, they've got apps. How do they have a sustaining model? From the Overcast app. Right. Overcast or, you know, but Marco, again, right. Marco's app's not a podcast 2.0 app, just to be clear. But those that are building podcast 2.0 apps, how are they going to sustain themselves? And, there was a big debate starting on episode 90. Uh, it rolled into 91, talked a little bit during 92. But in the end, I think the consensus has been is that the, the app developers should have their own mechanism, say, hey, help us out, support us. If you love what you're doing, mm-hmm. boost us or send us a donation or whatever it may be. Right. Um, instead of taking it, now someone sends us, 
150 sats, we don't end up getting 150 sats. There's maybe, there's, there's some that comes out. We see it as 150, but what goes in the wallet is not 150. And that's mm -hmm. understood. But if all of a sudden someone sends us, let's say they send us 1,000 sats and we end up with 500, I'm going to be like, WTF over what's happened, who took a big cut. And that's what we don't want to happen. We don't want the app developer say, okay, my percent's 10% or 20 or five or four. My opinion is that the user, the listener of this show that's listening on a podcast 2.0 app should say, I love this app. I love what they're doing. Let me throw them, you know, whatever it may be, 5,000 Satoshis a, a week, a month, uh, you know, 100,000, whatever it is, whatever the number is. Um, but again, so what you're I, saying is that the person doing the donation needs to select how much of that donation goes to the app and how much it goes to the podcast. Is that what you're that saying? That was the big discussion, you know, because right. normally what happens now, if you go to, we know if you're using PayPal, you know, that they're going to take four or 5% out. You know, if I, if someone sends me a hundred bucks, I know that my, it was going to be like 9450 or something like that. That's going to be actually mm -hmm. deposited. And in doing the value for value, I know that the way this is set up, that at least 1% is going to go back to Podcast 2.0. Mm -hmm. And, but the question then is how many people are going to start getting in the pie? So if somebody's on Fountain and Fountain sends their percentage at whatever it may be. And again, don't Fountain, if you guys are listening, I, I'm not trying to point you out, but all of those groups will have to make a decision how to implement. And, uh, I'm, I've heard fountains actually saying, Hey, support us the, you know, by mm -hmm. adding on or, you know, maybe a slider or something. So I think what in the end, when I'm listening to Dave and Adam on episode 90, D Dave, I mean, Adam is like big time saying, you gotta, you gotta protect the creator, gotta protect the creator, gotta protect the creator. And I'm on board with that. Because mm -hmm. if someone, someone sends you an, you know, we got a check, uh, PayPal last year that was pretty big and from a, a contributor to the show and you and I split that. Um, and that was a big donation. Now, if they had, if, if, if we'd have gotten a donation for a thousand dollars and 500 of it would have been took out because other people reached into the pot, not, I still would be appreciative of the money, but I would have been pissed that someone else got some, a big portion of what was destined for us. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. so anyway, so if anyone is watching and here's another thing too, we, there's this new tag, um, it's called lit and basically, and I'm going to work on figuring out how to get in this set up because here's the deal. We're, you know, I'm tied into power press and, um, there's a guy out there that's making, a an add on that ties into power press. I mm -hmm. want, I need that lit, <laughs> I need that lit tag. <laughs> happy, happy to make a big donation on that. Um, <laughs> because what I want to do is the, what the lit tag does is for those of us that live stream mm -hmm. and in essence, the bat signal goes out. It says we're lit, we're live. And right. it causes the apps then to those that support it to show our stream. Mm-hmm. So that we can enable, and it doesn't mess with the podcast RSS 2.0 elements. It's a, it's a separate, I believe it's called an element in a feed. And, and again, if I get the language wrong, don't shoot me. But really what it does is sends a bat signal out. Here's how you can come get us. Here's where it's at. 
I'm assuming it's for both video and audio. And basically those apps then would flip and get it. You'd get a notification if you're following the show on those apps, say, Hey, new media shows live. Yeah. So it's not inventing anything to the RSS. It's just utilizing one of the tags. Yeah. Well, it's utilizing a no, it's not a tag because a tag is embedded in a, in a RSS Mm -hmm. 2.0 element. It's an actual separate element in the feed. So basically it it can show, and there's some sort of reckoning of how that is done and some sort of ping. Don't get me started on it because I'm totally, I'm not completely up to speed, but you got to go, if if you care about any of this, which I hope you do, you need to go listen to the podcasting 2.0 board meeting they have every Friday. And, uh, it's, it's a two hour program. The, the only thing I say is <laughs> that's a long one <laughs> after listening yeah. to the new after you know, after listening to some other shows, I'm like I'm trying to squeeze this one in, you know? So, um, and they have a donation value for value contribution piece in there as well. So, uh, you know, I talked to my team this morning extensively about it saying, Hey, a few of you devs, <laughs> please go over and listen to this thing because some of the stuff they're talking about just, I understand the, the gist. Well, it's their, it's, it's their concept, right? And, and we're just not, well, well you don't have privy to be to all the details, Well, you don't right, have to right. be a dev to understand the discussion. Right. But, I want, thing. yeah, I want my, I want my team to be more, more proactive in, right. in listening and, and having input, uh, to this, but anyway, just like this, you know, this helipad, um, it's run on a software package called Umbrel, U-M-B-R-E-L on a, on a, mm-hmm. on a Pix, uh, a Pi computer, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. A- and, uh, so I can monitor what's coming into the show. So I should, if someone boosts the show while we're live, I should be able to see it come in right here on the screen. So, but that leads yeah. into the same old beep that it keeps being talked about by the same beeping people. Right. About RSS. About RSS. There's no innovation being pursued in RSS. None. None. That's, that's the contention. None. Um, (laughs) yeah. So Mike, um, uh, Mignano, who's the founder. Anchor. Yeah. Who's the founder (laughs) of Anchor, who I have to say, I've, I've spoken to Mike in the past. Actually, I, I met him at a podcast movement meetup. Uh, this was a few years ago in, in New York. And, and we talked for a long time and, and he's, he came from kind of the, the music business is where he came from originally. So, um, so he's coming at this kind of from a music perspective. So you can kind of see the, the merger that happened between anchor and Spotify, um, made a lot of sense to him. And it, it obviously was, if you read the article that he wrote, that was the headline article in pod news today, um, the, the kind of James kind of took it and ran with the headline is RSS hindering podcasting, um, was the, what was the headline for this? And really the, the summary of what Mike's article is really all about is talking about the, the standards. It, 
he uses this term, it's like the standards paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that causes stagnation in the innovation side of platforms or software, right? So you have a standard that everybody adheres to, and it's almost like, it's like you have to do it, right? Also, you can't easily deploy something that you're trying to deploy if it's a new listening app or something like that. And it creates this dilemma that it's so much easier to just support a standard than it is to go and create something new. Right. So that's the, the paradox that he's talking about. Right. And it creates this hesitation in trying to do anything new or what he thinks is the, you know, some sort of innovation in the, in the podcasting space. So he's, he's linked up the, the fact that RSS hasn't as a standard, hasn't been, um, changed since it was created. Well, he's wrong. Well, he's wrong from the perspective it's been extended, right? Right. It's been extended through namespaces, but the origin of the standard hasn't been changed. It's still core RSS 2.0, which was the, the base standard. And the last time that that was worked on from a standards group standpoint was 20 years ago. He's, he's wrong though. I, I agree. Apple has put new tags on, on top of RSS. It it can be, we did right. Podcast 2.0 has others have uh, Google has. So, yeah. So in a lot of ways, it's not accurate for him to portray that this is this, RSS 2.0 standard has not been um, improved or if, developed upon. If you tell just pe- that premise alone, it is not really accurate. If, if you tell people something long enough, they believe it. Right. And right. because you have this mass of anchor podcasters that largely, I gotta be careful, um, <laughs> don't care. They just put in their show out. Yeah, it's a non. It's primarily a non-technical group and, of content and, creators, and that's lis- kind of what we're and doing. For, and for listeners, they don't care. Right. They don't, they don't care how they consume the content. They don't care about RSS. The thing is, Spotify is able to do whatever the heck they want within their ecosphere. They can bring all these new features. Right. As a matter of fact, my prediction is along with a few other people, I believe Anchor's days are numbered because what they're going to do is they're going to roll Anchor stuff into Spotify and they're going to get rid of Anchor. That's well, my prediction. Anchor is probably not going to be a separate brand. Right. New, I mean, new, new. It's, it's, Anchor right. is an entity. I would, I would predict within 12 months will be gone and that everything that was You certainly don't see them promoting the brand anchor at any no no not at all so my my guess is anchor will be gone in a year as you know it people will be migrated into spotify Spotify. and be because they want a half million new publishers well good luck with that one good you know good luck i agree with some other again another topic that was covered i I don't want to sound like broken record but go listen to the podcast 2.0 good luck with that and create hand having 500 whatever their number was million, whatever the number was of creators, go, go ahead. Good luck with, with that and monetizing right. that good, good luck. Right. Well, um, I mean, I mean, Mike's point is, was really 
the whole huge article that he wrote was really a justification in his mind for um, Spotify and Anchor to break the compliance with um, RSS. I, I, fully say, ex- I fully expect him to. Yeah. I mean, it's they've been putting out you know comments and, and things about how they're moving away from RSS. Um, it, it, well, so, you know, go ahead. I, I would, I would not be surprised within not this year, not within 12 months, but I would not be surprised within 36 months that you cannot have your show distributed into Spotify with an RSS feed anymore. That's my prediction. My prediction well, it, is if you want to be in there, yeah. you're going to have to go in there and publish separately. That's my prediction. Yeah. And also it may happen sooner that if you, uh, upload a podcast to, to Spotify, um, you, you won't even be given the option to have right. an RSS feed. Right. Well, that's already default at Anchor. Remember, right. they turned off. You don't get an RSS feed at Anchor yeah. unless you turn it on. Yeah, I just think eventually they'll just completely remove that capability altogether. So yeah. they're going to do what they're going to do, knock themselves yeah. out, and right. uh, you right. know, we'll see where the chips fall on this. Um, but but in in reality, they could have everything they want and more if they started supporting some of the stuff that's being done already to extend this, the space. Yeah, it's well, that could be applied to a lot of lot of a lot of companies players. in the right. broadcasting space too. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I mean, you and I have been beating this drum for I don't know how many years now um, that this should happen. I mean, we kind of saw it happen with the, the IAB with the podcast metrics where we got the industry together and we kind of came up with, you know, some new ideas around how to count downloads. Uh, th- that's been relatively successful. That, uh, I'm not sure why that couldn't be done with podcasting. A subset uh, with of the, the, you know, you know, applying some RSS. Because here's why a company like Spotify, mm-hmm. Pandora, Amazon and others will never support what's being done on podcast 2.0. Well, it didn't can't come from them. And it's not financially advantageous for them to do that. Right. It, it's, 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 yeah, they right. lose the real, they, the real and they, motivation and they lose yeah. control. Right. They have less control over creators when creators can sell, tell their audience, Hey, you want to support the show? Mm-hmm. Listen to this on on Fountain or CurioCaster. Listen to the show, and if you if you love what we're doing here, mm-hmm. you know, throw us some satoshis or send me a donation in PayPal or whatever it may be. Send me a you know here's my Cash App link. You know, yeah. I think what we have to protect here again. And, I, and people, and I think sometimes people wrinkle their nose when they hear us say this, but you and I, I, you know, I go back and, and there's some stuff I've said and said and said and said and said and said and said, mm-hmm. and oftentimes were scoffed for years, scoffed at. And then, oh, you were right. Mm-hmm. And then, and now we're telling content creators, you know, we have to maintain and protect and expand 
RSS as exists today in order to remain free and open and accessible and right. no gatekeepers. And, you know, how many times have we said this on this show? It, yeah. But that's the real motivation behind this article is to say it's time for us to break away mm -hmm. and for us to establish our own innovation and RSS is just holding us back. Well, they from he, that. they can pack hand. Yeah. You know, it's so that's what's really really going on here. And that's you know, they have every right to do it. I'm not saying that they don't have every right to do it. They they can. That's what if that's what they feel like they need to do. Just, you know, really the analogy I like to play here is I, is what uh <laughs> you, well, no, what what YouTube did to video podcasting, right? Now it basically, and that's also happening at Spotify here too, where they want to compete directly with uh w with YouTube. So oh hi. I got all kinds of armor today. Happens it's amazing what happens when you listen to podcast. Um remember how we were talking about this quote unquote mass discovery of podcasts on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Dave Jones did a little experiment. He went through and looked at the top 50 and he did one for one comparisons mm -hmm. down the list. And he, it took him to like, he got to 20 before he found a single show that actually had a YouTube equivalent and they were more YouTubers to begin with podcasters. Not saying, not yeah. saying that people aren't discovering podcasts on YouTube, but I will stand by my commitment. It's more about perception. Right. They're perceiving all those shows on perceiving. YouTube to be podcasts. That's right. But they're really not podcasts. Some are. Well, yeah, some are, but it it's a percentage of the total pool. So the consumers of content are confusing this, right? Mm -hmm. They're confusing a show that's on YouTube with a show that's a podcast available I, on Apple Podcasts. I think so. Yeah. So now Tom, Tom's going to say, no, nope, 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 nope. That's not yeah. true. <laughs> well, and it's, well, it's not even that it's not true. It's just in the mind of, of, right. of consumers of, of online content, they don't care the distinction. Yeah, but you're right. We as an industry care about the distinction. And you have a lot of podcasters. Yeah. And so I gotta, I gotta be on YouTube. <laughs> I gotta be yeah. on YouTube. If I'm not on YouTube, I'm, I'm not going to grow. Right. I'm, I'm I'm looking at my YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> I mean, we're trying here. We're trying to a make little, our show a little more, bit. We're trying more YouTube and video friendly, yeah. and and see how that you know moves the needle. Does it move the needle? Does it move it? So I, I it's just uh, I'm, but coming back to the, it's just like every once in a while they're continue. So now what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go out to my PR team and say, I'm going to write a piece on open RSS and please let's get that out there and pitch it. And I'll be honest with you. If any of you want to contribute to that, mm -hmm. I'm happy to take your quotes and your comments. I, I have blueberry has a PR team. I'll hand it to my PR rep and she'll ship it to all these journalists. And we're happy to go out there and, and boom, 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 boom. The, open RSS standard, right? you know, I, I'm just, um, it, it's an unneeded distraction. 
Yeah. And, and don't be confused by the, the kind of message that's in this article about the context of this whole discussion, because it's being uh, portrayed in a way that jumps to a conclusion and it really doesn't have a rationale um, that's really based in fact and what's actually happening. It's, right. it's to paint in a, a pathway that Spotify wants to head down. It's right? setting a storyline. Right. And believe right. me, anytime, yeah. Todd, Rob, Blueberry, Libsyn, mm-hmm. Spotify, Amazon. Anytime we put anything out, we have an agenda. Right. We have an agenda. What is our what is Blueberry's agenda? Blueberry's agenda is to get you, the potential new podcaster or the existing podcaster, to come over and host with us. That's the agenda. Rob and Libsyn and Aptiver Task and all right. the agenda is host with them. Right. You know, and, and and I don't believe that we try and hide behind that. I think no. we're we're forward and outward about it. And and saying this about Spotify is is not really in any kind of a defense. They can run off and do whatever they want to do. Right. Open RSS will exist without Spotify if Spotify wants to leave it. Yeah, it's true. You know, so I mean, it just it'll have an impact and it'll create more confusion in the market. Uh, because more and more people will think if they're publishing their podcast directly to Spotify that they're they're a podcast, but that's that's only because Spotify wants to put out the, a mixed signal about what this really is and how it works. Mm-hmm. And a lot of listeners don't care. Okay, a lot of listeners don't care. Um, that's okay too. I know back when I worked at uh, Spreaker, um, there was a lot a lot more shows that were published just to Spreaker and that was okay. You know, not all of them were podcasts, but maybe now in the environment that we're in now, maybe all those shows and all the shows that are published just to Spotify are now seen as podcasts, even though they're technically by the old definition of what a podcast is no longer a podcast. So, yeah. I, and I just, I'm at a point where, it's just like, okay, here, here we go again. Right. You're right. You know, it's, well, even it's, you're around as long as we have, we've, we've seen this topic, you know, the death of podcasting, the, you know, RSS the, is not great enough. It's not good yeah, enough. Yeah. Nobody's innovating with it. And it's, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, the other thing that you would take away from this article is that somehow RSS has, has caused podcasting to not grow or to be stagnant or something like that. This guy built a a huge business that he sold to Spotify on the back of RSS. Yeah. So, you know, how he can claim that it wasn't an opportunity, RSS wasn't an opportunity for him is a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. Hey, by the, by the way, I want to, I, I got this a couple of weeks ago on Twitter and it was buried. Okay. Uh, cause I didn't follow the, the person at the time I am now, mm-hmm. um, it was from, uh, fathom fathom.fm said, Hey, Todd Paul here. I listened to your recent podcast and answer your question. Yes. A person can easily follow podcasts and listen to a complete podcast episode. Every part of our app, including search search allows users to explore the collective knowledge intelligence that is locked inside mm-hmm. a podcast as a listener. How do I find a conversation that answers my specific question? Fathom AI makes it possible. If you have any other questions and happy to answer them. I don't know why I wanted to throw that in here, but just wanted to, <laughs> I remember yeah. it came in. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that tweet too. I think I was copied on it as well. And uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Chris as well for some comments he made on some stuff we just released. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and James and um, and Martin uh, uh, Linskog uh, also has been posting about us too and giving giving great great feedback on on listening to the show and and folks have been posting clips from the show on things that we've said and and we definitely appreciate all that. So we got a tweet um, that came in a little while ago from Mojam Mm -hmm. and he said, would love to hear you guys' thoughts on today's pod news reporting. It's sound profitable. Things programmatic is a huge boon for all the podcasts and all at the same time Mm -hmm. mentioning um, the comment from Marco Armet saying, and Marco had put a tweet out, said, cheap, sloppy, dynamic ad insertion in podcasts continues to degrade the experience for listeners. They blame the app, and that's my problem to deal with. But DIA podcasters, what are you doing? You're throwing your audience away. These people leave podcasting forever. And some of the stuff that's come in to Marco, he says, uh, I really like the way the app works, but lately been adding on advertising to all my podcasts, they have to make money, but I have a real hate for gambling ads. And then now I have to start getting those. We'll probably switch back to app that does not have the extra ads. Again, it's not Mar- Marlo's fault, uh, Mar- uh, Marco's fault. Another comment. Um, I've used this app for years. It works well and has a few little bugs, but overall it's quite good. They recently added random ads are quite frequent and quite annoying. I understand they need to monetize, but going to from no ads, to tons per podcasting is frustrating. Update the developer response stating that they do not add ads into podcasts. They say the ads are already there. I find this curious because the ads I'm referring to are different than the podcasters and in in are geo-specific and seem to change based on my location. If it's not the app, it's one heck of a coincidence. Still love the app. It's true. Well, pe- people, listeners don't understand programmatic. Here's another uh, person. Their ads their ads for other podcasters are so loud. I blew up my eardrum and had to visit the doctor. You better believe I'll be speaking with my lawyer as well. Don't download unless you want ear problems. Um, what else? Boy, it just goes on. Um, so Marco's getting blasted for crappy. Well, he's getting blamed because blamed. his content's coming through his app, but it's probably not being created by his app. It's being created by the, by the podcasters and the hosting platforms. Not, getting their act together too much. I, yeah, I know that some of the platforms are doing auto sensing of insertion points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the automation side of this is is where I think uh, it, it's a little bit of a slippery slope, right? Um, well, knock on yeah. wood. Right. Here's my thought. I've been testing programmatic on my personal show mm-hmm. for about three months. Yeah, And I have been asked, and I've asked my very verbal audience <laughs> to send me feedback when they hear something they don't like, if, the, if it's too loud, if it's, but also my show is, is already mastered at the right audio level to begin with. Right. But there's no mastering of the ads prior to insertion. Yes, there is. If you is have there? worked with your DAI inserter, okay. you will have a matched Luffs. Oh, you will. Okay. But awesome. you have to have that conversation. Right. To make sure they understand that you don't want 
you know, a typical television ad, it comes in, you know, three decibels or five right. decibels higher. Right. Now, I'm right. not going to say it's not going to happen. Knock yeah. on wood, let's hope it doesn't because I will be the first one getting blasted in the face. Right. But some DAI is pretty bad. Now, DI is digital audio insertion. So just well, so sometimes you, this stuff's done on purpose. So just like it, it's done that way in television. Right. So yeah. Here, here's, and I've said this many times on the show in the last year, five years ago, I didn't think programmatic would make it. I think now is the time programmatic will be good for the average podcaster because CPMs have come up to a decent, not yeah. great level. Right. Right. I mean, it's getting up close to, baked in but it's, i would say about half of to yeah. of baked in you know on, on it well five to 15 is what we're seeing right. right so and again they're geographic specific um matter of fact we had a conversation because one of with my we'll be announcing soon that i talked with the provider and i said hey a spanish ad was running my show out in california and he said give me the name of the advertiser will block them because what what happens is is near the end of the month some folks have inventory left over mm -hmm. so their audio partner the one that's providing they will flip the switch on that ad and say it's english when it's spanish and that's mm -hmm. a bad character that's a bad partner from the delivery side so i right. provided the the sample of the clip they went back and they blocked that particular advertiser because they were just trying to fill inventory at the end right. of the month. And they figured nobody would notice. No one would notice. And yet Todd's right. listeners are like, send me everything. It's not right. Right. Or something that makes your eyeballs get big. Um, I'm at this point pro programmatic, not just yeah. because we're going to be introducing it as a business part of blueberry. I'm pro programmatic because I haven't been able to get host endorsed ad deals back into small shows. Right. And I, 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 I agree with you. And some podcasters want money in their pockets. Not all. And if you don't, don't run it. Well, when, when programmatic started, uh, you know, quite a few years ago now, um, those CPMs were hardly worth the effort, right? They were um, bad. Right. Bad. And, and that, that's where my hesitation came from and really endorsing programmatic, um, as a, as a solution here, um, was that, you know, it didn't make any sense to promote, um, campaigns that would pay the podcaster, you know, less than a dollar per thousand listeners, you know? So, you know, but now that things have changed on that, right. Um, the, the ads are getting a little better. The, the CPMs are definitely, definitely getting a lot better. Um, it starts to make more sense, right? The yeah. podcaster can actually make some money at this, uh, where before it just wasn't the case. So I, I wasn't a huge fan of programmatic, but I could certainly see the advantage of the dynamic insertion aspects of it. Um, but these other business elements and content elements were kind of always holding me back. So it's just like this show. We're not running any advertising on the show. If you find right. value. Right. If we're giving value to you, you throw your own number on it and you go over to newmediashow.com and we've got a donation link on the website. If you, if you feel we're giving you value, right. two, five, ten, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever you think our value is, you know, 
I'm not going to ask for a cup of coffee because I, I barely drink coffee. So <laughs> maybe a Mountain Dew at uh, Speedway's 249. So keep that in mind. Um, well, Todd, I do drink coffee, so I'll okay. be happy to take a cup take of a coffee. Take a cup of Well, okay. So you get, or a get, mocha. Your, get your 50. Or a mocha, actually. Well, you're probably getting it from Starbucks. So that's six or seven bucks. So Rob, is, no, no, Rob needs more money. Here. I make it at home. I don't go to Starbucks. <laughs> it's too expensive to go to Starbucks. Um, okay. So, okay. I, I just. We're trying to give credit here where, where credit's due. Let me go back and make sure we also Brian Barletta made a comment about us, about the, us talking about the sounds profitable uh, creators presentation. So thanks for that uh, mention, Brian. Um, let's yeah. see who else I got. I got to go back here. Uh, well, it sounds profitable has a, a workshop that they're putting on at podcast movement coming up here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, if there's still open slots for that, but yeah. And thanks Martin for the shout out on Twitter as well on, uh, the clip and the mention that we got on, uh, mm -hmm. on, on podcast 2.0. So yeah. I, and it, be honest with you, Martin, you are the reason you, I kind of get kicked in the butt to start listening to that show again. So your tweet was the one that prompted me to do that. Yep. Um, what else? I'm going back here anyway. So I think that, um, what we we just have to keep the the fight on and if you are a podcaster doing a podcast about podcasts or know a podcast is doing a podcast about podcasts and they're not talking about this you need to ask them why you need to right. ask them why they're not talking about open rss and getting making podcasters understand that this is not a stagnant specification from RS 2.0 it is, but we're extending it. And right. when I say we, I mean we, the podcasters, are extending it. And those that are enthusiasts are trying to extend it and make it more beneficial for everybody. Right, right. So that paints a good contrast, I think, Todd, to what's, what's mm -hmm. being, what, uh, what the rhetoric is versus what the reality is. Right. What the rhetoric is is not, constructive right. right what the rhetoric is is playing to an agenda agenda um what what we're talking about here is the industry kind of coming together and working together um i mean because i i don't know about you but i didn't really see spotify raise their hand and say well i want to get involved in a standards group no nope. i want to get involved nope. in nope. in helping push forward but guess improvements who, to rss but guess who did show up to one of our standards groups met uh apple showed up Apple showed up in Pandora and lots of, I mean, there were lots of people there that was, were there from big platforms that are willing to talk. It's just, you know, there's just no forum other than podcast 2.0 that's, that exists to talk about this. So, stuff. you know, and here's the thing, you know, Dave and, and Adam, you guys need to put the word out that you'd like to have a conversation and podcast movement is a great place to have that. And where you bring the creators together and these companies and just talk a little, maybe you don't want to, you don't have time, maybe you don't have time for them, but I think let's be frank, the, who, who, how are we going to get lit all the way through the right. ecospace? How are we going to get all these other things throughout the entire ecospace? Maybe you guys don't care. I, 
I would like to see all the apps support lit and everything else that's going on because I think that we're in a hybrid space now where a lot of people are doing not again it's it's not for everybody but if you're doing live wouldn't it be cool would it not be cool well more and more shows are doing doing live uh, because uh, of the capabilities of uh, Riverside and okay. and StreamYard and so we we announced this is coming live it's on Facebook it's on YouTube live it's in, it's on Twitter but mm-hmm. what if your favorite podcast app Ding! New media show is live. Click on the button, and guess what? Todd and Rob are right there in front of you. Right, right. And you can engage. That's the shit. Well, Todd, <laughs> you know the plan is for us to have a live show at Podcast Movement mm-hmm. um, coming up here um, at the end of August on August twenty sixth. From 11.30 a.m. to 12.45 p.m. Uh, that's Central Standard Time in Dallas. Um, and I hope to have this be one of the primary topics. And and so maybe it makes sense to get Dave or Adam to join us on stage at that um, to talk about this stuff and start to really kind of form s- some sort of a understanding in the industry that, you know, these points that um, – uh, Michael are, are making about RSS isn't the final word. No, on this. Both of them are going to be there. Right. I know right. both Dave and Adam are making the trip to Dallas and they're actually sharing a room together. So, okay. uh, okay. So well, they're close. They're both in Austin, right? Or uh, Dave or, is, uh, uh, Adam is no longer in Austin. He's in oh, he Hill country, a couple hours, I believe pro- away from Austin. Got it. Got it. But okay. still it's, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know if they do their show in the same studio or not, but it sure the heck sounds like it. Matter of fact, uh, Adam is praising the Roadcaster. I'm calling it the Roadcaster Two. Um, yeah. Did you get one, Todd, or are you, you still using? No, nah, I haven't bought one yet. But I keep yeah. hearing all these exciting things about it. I'm like, <laughs> you know, my, my wallet's itching in my pocket. I don't need yeah, it. Right. Right, I don't. I don't either. need it, but yeah. it's you know, need and want are two different things, right? So right, someone right. make a don big donation to the show and buy Rob and I one. You know that that would be a don that would be value for value, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I've already invited um, James Cridlin to join us. Okay, on on stage, so I think he's a big proponent a, of of open open yeah. RSS as well. Um, so. And I think that's what we want to preserve is because I do think um, that um, closed walled garden proprietary platforms are coming to podcasting more and more. Um, I think it's an inevitable, <clears throat> excuse me, it's an inevitable direction uh, based on what we're hearing from Spotify. And I think uh, it could be an element of what we see happen at YouTube as well. So, so we shall see. Kind of scary. Well, you know, I think the history of the medium is, is that all, all comers and all ideas are, are, are welcome, which is an interesting contrast to Michael's point, um, is that I think, uh, the medium is big enough and strong enough to withstand a couple of proprietary platforms if they want to play in this medium. I know, I think we've had Apple who's had a pretty strong hand over podcasting for many years and it's still worked out fine. So, you know, um, 
I don't know, Todd, what's your thought on that? I mean, so let's say Spotify chooses to dump RSS and, and they want people to upload directly to their platform and, and they basically are creating an exclusive, you know, um, YouTube, a podcasting type of platform. Good luck. Uh, do they, do you think that's still good for podcasting? I, I think it's, uh, you know, I've got an ax here by a fire, uh, hydrant. I think you take that ax off the wall and I think, uh, you know, and Spotify's investors are already freaking out. They're already not happy with the performance. So they go do this and add 500 million creators to their platform. Can you well, imagine? are can, they going to take down all the ones they have right now that are based on well, RSS? Well, can you imagine the, the, the absolute caca that will be in that platform? You won't be able to support you. You, first of all, right. they're going to have to moderate well, that's all happened of it already. That's happened already <laughs> to them, right? They have to moderate it all. And you know, good, good luck. It's good luck with that. And good luck monetizing the platform. You know, you're going to drop an ad, uh, you know, you're going to drop a Ford ad, uh, you know, that is uh, supposedly on a brand safe show. And the guy says something offhand that is, you know, not uh, doesn't get picked up by the uh, the transcription. Well, sure it's going to be moderated. It's going to be moderated <laughs> heavily. right? Well, we'll we'll see. But, you know, it's like yeah. all it takes is and then hurting. It cannot be host read. You can't do that. It's got to all be uh, programmatic, and you you know you run you run some ads like they've run in the past, and all of a sudden advertise. Maybe it'll work. Maybe they got the tech, but I they're not. You know, good luck herding those cats. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they can do whatever they want to do, just like YouTube can do whatever they want to do. That that, but that doesn't automatically equate that everybody's going to embrace it as a podcaster that <laughs> I guess business owner. I don't know what to think. You know, I would just, well, I know what I think. Um, well, see, Todd, see it, could, <laughs> could, it could create an environment where you as a podcaster need to upload directly to Spotify through in order to get into Spotify. Right. right? Oh, I, I fully expect. I mean, you may not be able to do that through publishing through Blueberry or right. Lipson in right. the future. Is what I'm saying. So, you need to be willing to to publish your show twice. Um, just think about all, just think about all the podcasters that are on there that are getting a little of exposure, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they open this this funnel right. uh, to all this what will invariably be c -c -c crap. And how do you sort out from the weeds? You know, how do you, how do you, how do you get, I, 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 good luck. That's all I can say. It's, you know, maybe they got the money. Maybe they don't run out of money first. Well, if they have the ambition to compete directly with, um, well, cause I, I think, uh, TikTok, right. TikTok, um, and Spotify, I think want to compete with YouTube, right? So yeah. they seem to be pushing in that direction uh, more and more. That's a big and, that's a big hill to climb. TikTok has a better chance. TikTok's already uh, conquered shorts. No one's doing shorts better than TikTok. So, right, I think it's apples and oranges. But again, do they have the runway of money left? 
you know, think about what's coming. We had 9.1% CPI today in the United oh, States. Yeah, right. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. So mm. we, we are headed for to a cliff. A right. And when, how much of a drawback in spend will advertisers have when this happens? We don't and know that yet. Right. We don't. Now, what we saw, what was that? What we saw the last recession was the advertising spend didn't retract too much, but it didn't grow, but the content kept coming mm -hmm. because, because everyone was doing their shows out of their studios. There wasn't big production companies. There wasn't mm -hmm. a need for big budgets. So if the advertising space contracts, even let's say 15%, there's going to be a lot of podcast production groups that are going to be out of business. They are, they are not going to be able to afford to do their content. But those that will survive and those that will continue to shine are those that are independent content creators that have low overhead and the ability to create content on their own regardless if you have an advertiser or not. And during a recession, throw a brother a dime becomes more important than having an advertiser. So if your show yep. is advertiser dependent, I would be on an absolute freak out mode. What's going to happen over the next six months. And right. if you work for a company that has relies on that advertising is its sole revenue piece. Right. It it could be it could be rough times ahead. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see on that to see if I mean we'll see. I think if you look at the history of podcast advertising, it's actually rid or rode through recessions fairly has. fairly unscathed. But um, but Rob, there's a big right. difference between 2008 yeah. and 2022. It's been it, we've been on a long run here. We have. You yeah. know, 14 plus years. How long did it take us to get out of the recession in 2008? A couple of years? Oh, probably. Well, it depends on what part of the, what, right. what part of the economy you're talking yeah. about. But, um, but, but still it was, it was like, you know, it, so there, there are much bigger stakes because companies are much, much bigger. And, you know, we're already seeing like, I just see it locally as an example, uh, as out last night. And uh, four or five people were worried. They said all the orders have dried up coming into their company and they, their raises that they were expecting to get this month had been put on hold and they're afraid they're going to start laying people off because orders have dropped off. So if I'm seeing that in my small town that supports the auto industry, right? then. Well, the audio in the auto industry is in trouble. So just put it. So. Anyway, it's, um, yeah. we'll see, yeah. but the stakes are much bigger because there's so much, much bigger money. And when it comes to Spotify, they're yeah. beholden to deliver, <laughs> you know, earning performance of some sort. And if this right. investment they made, if the advertising dries up, they're screwed. They are, they are screwed. 
Well, Spotify has been shifting more and more. If, if you're talking specifically about Spotify, their business model has been shifting more and more towards subscription. Well, um, guess what? When, and, when, and there's going to be dropped off on that. When people's well, budgets, when people, okay, so what do you do? You buy gas for your car, you have your Spotify subscription. Very simple. <laughs> you cancel your Spotify subscription. Yeah, and and here recently we've seen, over the last couple of years, we've seen a real shift from people uh, having Netflix subscriptions right. and w moving over and having subscriptions with specific studios, right? right? Um, that There could be some serious pullback on that, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we may see the subscriptions go back to Netflix again. So t time will tell on this. Um, I think if you're an independent content creator and you are... When you've kept your costs down, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, your show is important to your ongoing future, especially if there's drawback. A lot of this stuff that's in production, it's high value, that is expensive to produce. You you might be right in a position to come out of this thing smelling like a rose. As we, it, it's I'm convinced. When I heard that number this morning, I I actually was like, wow. And I'm not an economist. Yeah, but. I know what it costs to put gas, groceries, all, all this other stuff, and it's yeah. shocking. So, well, and that's an average number too, right? It's right, not even right, right, purely reflective. Yeah, on different. Range of, yeah, there's of, a range of, of different products. Right. That brings me to a, a whole another topic. <laughs> the costs of podcast con conference sponsorships, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I've sent a couple of you, if you listen, and you may not be listening, but I've sent a couple of you emails. Yeah. And it, it's a simple mathematical equation. Um, yeah. If it costs me $8,000 to come to your event to be a sponsor, and at a minimum, $8,000 spend to have a table and get some social media mentions and on your banner and you only have 300 people at your event, that don't work. Because right. if, if you just do the math. Now, yes, okay, so let's, let's look at this multiple ways. Now, let me, let me open up my little calculator here because, um, again, this is... It's not complicated, but let's just let's just use a number, eight thousand dollars. And let's say there's going to be three hundred people attending your event. That's your your prediction. For me to come to your event, it's going to cost me twenty six dollars potentially ahead to reach those folks. And I probably they'll probably already know about me, but it's a minimum twenty six dollars to reach your attendees. Now, let's say that I value your event to give to support, wave mm -hmm. the flag, say that I'm there. Let's say 75%. I know that the money is going to supporting your event, again, being there, showing I'm supporting. So let's, let's, let's reduce that number. Let's reduce that number, that $26, by, by 75%. And we're going we're gonna to whack off $19. Let's say 20 so it's still $6.50 if I'm looking then to get a little ROI out of your event. 
it's still $6.50 to reach each of the people that is going to be at your event. I don't care about the social. I don't care about the remote people. We've known that performance is junk. It's value zero. And the six and a half bucks, and then I maybe will convert. So let's say it's there's 300. And let's say if I'm lucky and I convert 10%, yeah. that's a hard sell. That's a hard sell from an ROI standpoint, even though I've already accounted for 75% of it, it's just there to support and wave the flag and have our banner and have a name on the website. Mm-hmm. That's still a lot of money. Yeah. So the cheapest I could do this one event was $3,000. That was the cheapest. That was the cheapest mm-hmm. level of what was available. And I couldn't attend. I couldn't have a table. It, so you couldn't couldn't attend? I will, well, I would have had to have bought a ticket. Uh, oh, in addition in to addition the to the sponsorship. Wow. And and I'm not going to walk into your event carrying flyers because that's really not allowed. So you have to, if if you're a small event, don't build your event venue to, to in in an essence that where you need a hundred thousand dollars to put on the event. If you're going to have a regional event and you're expecting 300 people, then get a hall, scale it to that, scale it to that. And then let's say your expenses are 10 grand, coffee, water, juice, tables, whatever the venue is going to cost you to set up for 300 people and a little bit on the hallway. So let's say your, let's say your cost is 20,000. Then you can come to, Rob, me, Podbean, all the hosts get a couple thousand dollars out of each of us. And we're happy to come and support and we'd be there and, and hobnob and give us a little table. It doesn't have to be very big. Mm-hmm. That I can support. Right. But don't ask me to do a Spotify budget sponsor of your event that's only going to have 300 people. I I don't want to be an asshole. I want to support, but I can't, I have, there has to be some ROI for me. I think event organizers think, and I'm not whining and, and, you know, any other companies that can support it. Great. But I'm just looking at, I'm not that big of a company. We have 20 people. We're, we're not rolling in bajillions of dollars. That doesn't, that's not us. And I have a limited budget every year. Libsyn's budget is probably a lot bigger, but I know you guys got a budget for events. So they yeah, ha- especially now after the pandemic, we've we've evaluated a right. lot of the same things like you're saying, Todd, and tried to um, figure out where the ROI is on right. this stuff more than we were probably right. prior. Right. So now if I had startup money and someone had given me, you know, thirty six million dollars to blow, we're we're gonna do it up. We're going to do it up every event because we got to burn that money up in three years. So I don't want to whine, but I'm just saying that, that your prices are too high, but your prices are too high. Right. And don't have an event where you have, I would say anyone that's having an event under 500 people, 
you really need to be careful on the venue selection that you're picking. And especially if it's going to be a multiple day event, you know, well, get, and who you're attracting to the event too is important. Um, then we've learned that, you know, as well as that. And there you was have a lot of people, there was not the right people. It's not going to ROI. Either. Right. There was the name of the event that one of the events I was looking at, I thought it was a fan thing. And they came yeah. and, Oh no, no, this is like a podcast. And I was like, Oh, didn't realize that maybe you should do a name change to your event. Um, we, mm -hmm. and the thing is some of these events I want to be able to write checks for, mm -hmm. but you're right. I have to, and I know then there's probably 99.9% .9 of you out there that don't care about this because you're not in, you're not doing events, but if you're going to do an event and it's small, you got to have, you got to have realistic budgets. You know, for what, what do you think, Rob, for a 300 person event, what would be the top line? You know, you have four or five levels of sponsors. What would you think a, an appropriate number would be for a 300 person? Well, if I think about things that I've supported in the past and were kind of pretty hard and fast about it, I, I think a 300 person event is probably maxed out at maybe $2,000 sponsorship maxed out. But for, what if you're the key line, if you're the key sponsor of that event? What would you pay? Uh, not that much more than that. Right. I would probably, I would go as far as to say that if you are the headline sponsor for 300 people, four to $5,000 is really top. Yeah. Top. I mean, top. And you got to get a lot for that. Right. A lot. <laughs> as far as, I mean, I mean, you, you shouldn't have to pay for your own ticket to get into the event because being a sponsor and attending the event costs the sponsor money. That's right. It shouldn't cost them more money to pay for the ticket as well. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, and I understand event spaces are expensive. This is why if you have a small event, you have to pick an appropriate location to be at. Right. And I think more and more, um, sponsorship comes with a certain amount of, um, opportunity to present and speak to that group as well. Right. right. Um, well, and, and, and here's the thing that, I've seen a whole bunch of these in the last month and every one of them is pay to play. If you have this, you right. get a guaranteed spot to speak. And okay. I That's think it's important to have too to make it ROI. But if right. you're going to do that, it should be very strictly laid out in your mm -hmm. sponsorship that it's not a pitch session. Right. It's an educational. It's session. A, and if I, if I look through a sponsor package and I see that the top three or four, sponsors are guaranteed speaking spots and that there is no clause about not pitching. I don't want to support the lower stuff because what happens is, is then those three or four people are going to be on the stage pitching their product or services and not educating and lowering the value of my contribution to your event. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mentioned Hey, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so we've got great services, but here's what we're here to talk about. And Todd, yeah, no, I agree with it. I got a question for you, Todd, on kind of in a similar vein here that I, I noticed at podcast movement and just to let people know, um, Dan Franks is going to be joining us, uh, next Wednesday on the show to talk about podcast movement Dallas. Um, so he's, he's going to be Skyping in. Um, but what I did notice, and this isn't necessarily a, a 
a criticism of podcast movement, but I just wanted to get your reaction and, and I'll give you my reaction too. I did notice that there's a session that's focused on talking about how independent podcasters can compete against the pros. That's kind of the session title. And it's, uh, it's the panel is three, um, uh, Buzzsprout folks. And it's, uh, almost a two hour session and it's on Friday, late afternoon on the 26th. I was just curious what you thought about that. Um, and I, it doesn't appear to be a sponsored session. I disclaimer, I'm speaking at podcast movement, but, uh, yeah. the, I'm not a sponsor of podcast movement. We have a booth there, but I am not going to have an, a, a session that right. is going to include any pitching promotion right. whatsoever for Blueberry Podcasting. Right. Matter of fact, presentation, I talk about a whole bunch of companies. Right. You know. But do you think it's okay for Podcast Movement to have a session that has all Buzzsprout basically employees up there and it not be promoted as a sponsored? Session. Dan has strict, my understanding is everyone that's speaking at Podcast Moment Movement has signed a strict non-pitch agreement. Yeah, but it, yeah. I'm just wondering because, I mean, if, if, if it's possible to have a session at Podcast Movement where the whole panel is from one company. That's, right? that to me is a bad perception okay. thing. I mean, I agree with you. Todd, that if, if, and this is probably exactly what they're doing, um, they're going to be talking about giving tips and, and ideas about how independent podcasters can, can up their game with their shows, right. To compete against the big guys. Um, and that's valuable. I'm, I'm not saying what, what they wouldn't, what they would be talking about there wouldn't be valuable. I just wasn't under the impression that it was okay for us to do like a, a, a session that has all of the um, the blueberry. I would staff. personally feel very uncomfortable in doing that. I, I, I would be very uncomfortable in doing that personally. Yeah. So I, it, to me, it just like invariably <laughs> something is going to be said, uh, you know, I, I'm not here to judge prejudge, but it, it, in my opinion, Dan, that's not a good look, yeah. but I wouldn't even known because you went through the menu, obviously you went through the agenda and looked at different people that were speaking. I'm going, yeah, I've been to, doing I, that, uh, trying to come up with guests for I'll, our, our show. I'll obviously. give the benefit of the doubt because right. I know that Dan has had a very strict policy on this and someone that has, does pitch during right. events is usually not asked to come back. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. So that was my, my, my impression. And that may not be what's happening in the session. I don't want to give no the impression that I think that Buzzsprout's going to get up there and pitch Buzzsprout. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying just the optics of it. Right. Right. The optics is a little, a, a little odd, but, um, and also, you know, there, there's a keynote speaker that's coming back that, I don't oh. know how much value gave last year too. It's 
you know. But, Are you talking about Mark Cuban? Yeah. And the whole fireside chat thing, which isn't a podcasting platform. Right. <laughs> so. Just that. <laughs> I, 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 I think you're, and I have to put myself in someone else's shoes. You know, they're under tremendous pressure. Yeah, well, and and I think that is promoted on the website as a sponsored session. Oh, okay. So I, you know, so th- yeah. It's so being then, done up front. The, yeah. So that's fine. Paid for. Yeah. Right. So, and I think that you know, as long as people know that up front, I think it's good. And 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 they're under pressure to they got to fill their sponsor spots and right. I, and and people totally. want people want something from that that uh, contribution. I I I get it. I I get it. Yeah. Um. You know, we've, I've been a sponsor of podcast movement in the past and did not at all, did not all at all expect any preferential treatment whatsoever right. in, in a session that I would be submitting, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful when I'm given the opportunity to talk to people and I make sure that I give the best performance I can, um, without, you know, to educate. Mm-hmm. If they want to talk to me about Blueberry, they come to the booth. You know, that's that's where we talk business. So. I mean, my whole, my worry about bringing up these topics is that we're seen as kind of critical of people in the industry or questioning what people mm-hmm. choose to do in the industry. But that, in a lot of ways, has been our role for many years in this medium is to is to call out things that are maybe going on that may be a little out of kilter from people's perceptions. Um, and I wouldn't have known unless you brought it up, Rob, I probably, cause be honest with you, I just kind of look through stuff and I don't, I'm horrible with names anyway. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, I got a text or a tweet from somebody and I'm like, Oh, it works at advertise cats. I didn't realize who it was until I looked up their profile and, and well, if it's now okay to do that, I would love to pitch a whole session that has, you know, Rob Walsh, me, Elsie and Dave Jackson <laughs> on it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of equivalent to what yeah, yeah, is yeah, going yeah. on here. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I, I ran it past the, the, the Lipson team and they were like, well, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. We, we hadn't even thought about that. You know, mm-hmm. k- kind of feedback that, that I had because of, you know, all of us wanting to go to these events and, and really focus on, on having topics that were not necessarily focused on Lipson per right, se. Right, 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 right. Though I know that there's more and more economic pressure on, on everybody in the industry to make it, you know, more pitchy. Um, and that's, that's an unfortunate kind of outgrowth of, economics coming into the medium and this this shows where i pitch i mean we, we I mean, don't we, we don't pitch a little, but we a little we talk I about mean, stuff we've announced and acquisitions and you know we, yeah. we but we don't come over my product it's not like we talk about our pricing models no and, no and what our storage you know no. levels are Mm-mm. or or what the advantages of being here or there are, if there are any, um, <laughs> that's the, well, we know there is, there's advantage well, of being a blueberry. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, 
but but more and more, I do think that uh, podcast hosting is a little bit commoditized. Well, yeah, um, again, it's the well, I won't go into industry top secret information, but there you go. it's the proposition value. What, what do we? What do you bring to the table for the content what's, creator? What's the? Yeah, what's exactly. The, yeah. What's the value in each yeah. each content creator yeah. has their own yep. needs, right? That's right. Yeah, they. They perceive things, and at the end of the day, oftentimes it's who they trust, yep. who they like to work with, uh, because it is, from a technology perspective, oftentimes fairly commoditized. Yeah. Um, but there are differences, you know, like you're doing things with your platform that Lipson doesn't do, yep. and vice versa. And yeah, I mean, there are oftentimes kind of small, smaller differences, um, but nonetheless, there are differences. So. And, and, um, and, you know, and right. going back to me kind of like bashing a little bit on the event organizers, we want you to have more regional events. I want right. to attend more regional events. Just like Podstock. That uh, absolutely. I want right. to go to those events. I want to come. I want to support. And if I'm given the opportunity, I want to speak to your audience. I want to. Right. Right. But. I have a little meat on the bone to do that because I have to go back to my board of directors. We have a sheet we fill out. It's an event planning sheet. Mm -hmm. And we it's got a formula sheet in it. It talks about, you know, what the end cost is. And we have everything we have everything laid out in there. And we look at that and we're like, ooh. Or yep. And we yeah. and we vote on the value based upon who's attending. And again, it's important who's attending and all these things. So, mm -hmm. so I think that I'm not, and I understand that some people are using events to build a business. You right. got to, you want to make a little money from your hard work and you deserve to, mm -hmm. uh, but what is that? And if you're charging an entrance fee of your, of the people that are going, then, you know, when you put a number on there, that's $40,000 for the top sponsorship level for 300 right. people, that math don't work. Right. And, and I think more and more there's, um, increasing pressure just from the economic stuff we were talking earlier about people being able to attend these things mm -hmm. and being able to afford to travel. And that's why I regional know, is we want regional yeah. events to be successful. Cause travel right now, especially getting a flight to go anywhere is extremely expensive. Um, you know, it's, it's astronomical right now. Yeah. And that's going to hold, uh, you know, especially independent podcasters back from. I, I'm worried about podcast going. movement attendance just based on airfares. Well, that, and plus the, there is an uptick in um, COVID stuff too. So, you know, that, that may be another hesitation point. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a point now where, um, uh, I'm looking at the rest of the year and I'm like trying to plan out where I'm going to go and what I, what we can support. And there's not a lot of events. There's a few here and there through the end of the year, but come uh, October, excuse me, like September 5th, I'm going to be like, Hmm. Yeah. There's not a whole lot. Not up. a lot. There's a bunch right. of virtual events. And I'm not supporting virtual events. 
Yeah. Unless I can, I, I'll support it by speaking. Yeah, I'll probably be, be doing the NAB show in New York, but. Um, Are you guys but, exhibiting at that? Mm-hmm. So we moved. We are in Central Hall for NAB Vegas. In in Vegas, yeah. Yep. Oh, that. you did move. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not getting stuck in that hellhole of West again. It's a, it, don't get us wrong, that's a nice facility over there in West. It's out in the just, middle of the boondocks. Yeah, it's it's a lot longer and difficult for people to get out there. That's the problem yep. with it. And the traffic was <sighs> Yeah. I mean I did that walk every day. I know what mm-hmm. you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just, I think we've covered our two topics today that we wanted to, and we're close to the end here. Um, so yeah. here's, do you get any value today, everyone? Do you get any value? If you did, come over to newmediashow.com, drop us a penny, 10, 15, 20, 100,000 dollars. That'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and as a reminder, the podcast award nominations are still going on. We still have a few people registering just to trickle. There's 18 days left in nomination voting left. So uh, there is a pitch. I run the podcast awards, full disclaimer on that. Um, but uh, if you want to reach out to me, I am Todd at Blueberry Pod, Blueberry, I said Blueberry Podcast, Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. Uh, Rob, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to mention if, you know, Todd has been working hard on trying to, you know, improve things with the show and things like that. We'd love your feedback on, on how you think we're doing. Uh, if you think that there's a couple of other areas you'd like to see improved, or if there's anything that we can do to be better at this, to better cater to your, your desires and your needs, we'd love to hear it. I know the most recent thing we worked on was my volume level. And I think, you know, hopefully it's improved a little bit. So there wasn't such a big difference between Todd and I. Um, So hopefully that was improved, but you're certainly um, welcome to send me an email anytime, Rob G at Lipson.com. And, and I'm sure you can send an email to Todd as well, but I'm also on Twitter too. So feel free to post up there. Like we've been seeing Um, listeners of the show have been posting quite a bit to Twitter and copying Todd and I, and we'll, we'll retweet those tweets. So keep, keep that flowing. And, and I just appreciate you joining us each week. And I know Todd does as well. Don't forget. We do have a Twitter account for this show. NMS podcast, Rob, I actually gave Rob, you got the password now. So you got the keys to the car. You can go over there and, Oh, you gave me the password. Yeah, It's in your, uh, it's in your SMS. So, uh, check, oh, check your phone. Okay. I sent it to you before the show today. Cause I had to go through and change some passwords. So, ah, got it. Yeah. So we're going to try to go out today with a, I haven't tested this yet. We'll see if this actually works. You might see part of a weird screen. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but, um, everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. Thanks for, uh, watching, get subscribed to the show, subscribe or follow. And we'll see you next time here on the new media show.